0: From the Old Testament, Esther, looking at this fourth chapter and verses thirteen to seventeen, we had for our reading for this morning. But we want to look as we, if we may, stand in a, honoring a reading of God's Word one more time, please. Uh, as we look at this text, I know many of us are maybe familiar uh, with the story of Esther and her coming before the king. Uh, we've made, many of us have gone to see that movie, A Night with the King, uh, based on the story of uh, the biblical account of Esther. Uh, what I want to highlight on today, not necessarily how Esther comes before the king and how the Jews are ultimately delivered, but what I want us to look at that moment in the times he had to think about facing the king. And that's where we get our title and our subject matter, encouraged to Step Up and the Courage to Step Up. Reading from the New Living Translation, the word of God said, Mordecai sent his reply to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you are in palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, nights, or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Praise God for his word. Amen. You may be seated. Looking at at this text and, and want to highlight how we need to have the courage to turn to God and how we also want to be just like Mordecai, be able to encourage somebody else to turn to God. And uh, one thing I'd read a couple of things, of principles in, in studying for this awesome text was that one person wrote that you always win when you're on your knees. Dealing with how we should always be in prayer. And when we're always in prayer, we always are going to win. Because who has the victory? Our God has the victory. Another thing that came to me as dealing with how they look to God for strength in prayer and time of fasting was GPS. Now, when we hear GPS, we understand our satellites and our navigation stands for Global Positioning System. But when I think about the Global Positioning System, I also think about how it works and how it operates. It operates for they have a satellite that's high up in the sky that speaks to other satellites, that transfers the information to if you have a receiver. Cause, can someone say receiver? And if you have a receiver, you are able to receive the information that the satellites have to show you your location. Yeah. Can I help you out why I thought about that? Because the GPS stands for a global positioning system, but I can play with this a little bit, and I can say it could be a God's positioning system. And it could be God's prayer system. Because if I'm in God's position and system, I need to be able to receive, hello, somebody, instructions and direction. The way I receive instructions and direction is from being in a prayer position. And when I'm in a prayer position, I'm able to clearly see where I am and where God wants me to be. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? That understanding that in times of conflict, in times of trouble, in times of peril, those are the times I need to be in prayer. Too many times in our lives we have rushed through things and tried to do it all on us and we look for somebody else to do it. Now realize that God might have called on you to be the one to make the difference. In our text, we find Mordecai coming before. And if you do not know, Mordecai has already been in grief. He's already been in prayer. He's dressed in sackcloth, and he says he came before the king's gate. Now, he did not enter because the king has nothing to do with this. My text suggests to us that many times the king does not care about sad times. He only cares about joyful times. If you know anything about this king, he likes to party. He likes to have a good time. One time he was so full of it and so happy having a good time, he thought about his wife that would look so pretty. He said, she's showing up as pretty. I want to show her off. Hey, baby, come on now. Let everybody look at you. She said, no. He looked like a fool now in front of his friends, in front of the party, and they got up on him and say, man, you better check this because the wife could tell you, you know, they gonna show sure up do this to us in the house. So you need to make an edict and let them know that they need to surrender to their man, and you need to banish her as a queen to find you a new one. He says, you write about it, so he did that and banished her, and then he realized, oh, I should have never done that. Too late now, he done messed up. So now he has to find a new wife. They suggest, and he got all the virgins to come in. That's how Esther came in, and God chose Esther to shine brighter than all the rest of them. That she was elected to become His queen. But yet we see also within this text that Mordecai comes to Esther, tell Esther, "You need to go see the king." She says, "I have not seen him in 30 days." This man liked the party, y'all. I'm looking at the crowd. <clears throat> Y'all over 18, y'all know what I'm talking about. All right, here we go. So back onto the text. He has not seen her for 30 days. <clears throat> and so, see, like, why do you want to do anything with me? But Mordecai's dress and in, in grief, realize I can't before the king because the king will not hear my plea. But there's someone I have, I have access to. There's someone I can talk to that can be able to persuade the king to hear our cry. If you look in this chapter, early in this chapter also, it says that everywhere where this edict went from the king that came from Haman, they all were fasting and wailing and dressed in grief. Why are they fasting? Why are they wailing? Why are they dressed in grief? You're asking some good questions this morning. The reason why? Because Haman got mad at Mordecai. Well, what I got to do with everybody else? You're right. What does that have to do with everybody else? Mordecai took his anger out on everybody. Uh, this, is, this is for free. This is not according to my message. But I'm just going to throw this one in free. You know some people that just don't like you, they take it on everybody. So don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> Haman got mad that Mordecai would not bow down to him because he, uh, uh, I'm saying, yeah, Mordecai did not bow down to anybody but to his God, and Haman got mad at him and said, who is this guy, where he's from? They said, well, them Jews, that's how they act. He said, well, we're going to kill them all. And how can I kill them all? Look what he did. He had to go and, and butter up the king and say, hey, king, there's some people out there in your provinces that over you rule who have no respect for you, have no authority to you. They don't want to bow down and respond to you. Basically, he's saying that they don't do that to me. But he made it look like the king, they have no respect for you. The king says, man, they're going to have to have respect. You're right, king. So I, I, tell them, I tell you this, king, let me go and take care of those people. Let me get rid of all of them. He said all of them. And he said, put your, key, your signet ring on it so they cannot withdraw this. And, and then look at what he says. Give me over 10,000 large sacks of silver to destroy all of them. Now, I, I can't equate to you how much money this is because we don't use that kind of money. We don't really measure silver like they measure silver. But let me tell you, that's a whole lot of money, y'all. It's going by the tons. Basically, it's like a, a whole I-74 seeing a whole freight load of trucks coming in filled up with silver is what's coming out of this treasure. That's a whole lot of money just to kill these people that he lied about. They have no respect for the king. And look what's happening here. So Mordecai hears that the people here, they're weeping and well and realizing that we are in a position that only God can save us. And since they were in that position, they were also were positioned in the posture of prayer. Can it help somebody out that we need to realize that in times of stress and trouble, we too need to learn to get into the posture of prayer. And so now it brings us to our text Where we see Mordecai standing in front of the gate. Esther sees him and realizes he should not be dressed this way. She sends out clothes for him, but it says, clothes I will not take. But, yeah, you could take this message back and let her know, I I, I refuse. I refuse to change my continence until my situation changes. Is that talking to somebody? (laughs) He said, I refuse to change. He said, I'm not going to change my clothes until something else changes. We too need to be in that same position and possibly before our Lord and before our God and realize, Lord, I'm holding on to this until something changes, and we can hold on and trusting Him. So look what this, look what this, this pain, this pain caused Him to move. Anybody here had pain that caused you to move? Sometimes pain is so bad it causes you to move from one side of the bed to the other side, or sometimes it move from your bed all the way to the hospital bed. And I'm talking to somebody here that pain can cause you to move. Mordecai's Mordecai's pain caused him to move to Esther and he encouraged Esther, said, Esther, you need to step up and you need to say something. Esther understood, like, "Wait, wait a minute, Mordecai, I hear what you're saying, I hear what's going on, but you understand for me, you understand for me, if I go before the king without permission, I'll die. Well, she's pointing out to Mordecai that you have a great purpose, you have a great reason, but yet there's an obstacle here and the obstacle is is that if I go before the king without him asking for me, he has not asked for me for 30 days. So why are you going to ask for me now? If he, he, he does not ask for me, if I go without permission, I shall perish. Mordecai did not stop there. say "That's right. That's logic." But he says, "Look, if you don't, we all going to die anyway. Watch out, somebody." There's times in our lives that we realize that we can look at the negativity, we can look at the pain, we can look at the trouble, or yet we can look for a solution. We need to realize that we talked about before facing oppositions, killing the ants, killing automatic negative thoughts. There's too many times we want to focus on what cannot be done and not look at what can be done. Mordecai looked at it and said, right, that can be done. You can die, but also you can go before him. So I'm going to continue focusing on what you need to do to get before him. And he pointed out to D.C. closely in this pain that, that he's feeling, it moved him to encourage her. So he's trying to encourage her. He's trying to embolden her. He's trying to build her up so that she will have the courage to go before him. So in his pain and in his anguish, he says something very profound to her. He says, maybe, maybe you were placed in this position for such a time. Now, 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 she it hit home. That maybe I'm in this position for this time. Many of us, many of us can look in our lives, we can look in our lives and think about why were you in this position at this time? Why were you there and not somebody else? Why did they come to you and not somebody else? And you can start looking, maybe a little overlook your life and realize that God has positioned you in this position for a time such as this. It's baseball season, for those who don't watch baseball, please forgive me, but hope you can follow this analogy. Think about they have a lineup, the 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 manager always submits his lineup before their game. And in his lineup, when he submits, he looks at all the obstacles. He looks at who he's playing against. He look at who's the starting pitcher is going to be, and then he looks at what kind of field conditions it might be. So, if they have a good defender but a bad hitter, and they don't need hitting that day, they put him in. If they need a a good fielder but he can't he can't hit too well, but they know they need a field, they put him in, and so they set up that lineup. And that lineup is set for at the beginning of the game. And there's a couple of spots that are always set that are set that you always want your best hitters around the three spot and the four spot. We, in the fourth spot, we call that person the cleanup hitter. And the reason why you call the fourth spot the cleanup hitter, because if you have one person on first, one person on second, one person on third, he's at home, he's ready to clean up. And then the, le- the hitter that is not as good is always placed in a nice spot and definitely oftentimes of that is the pitcher. And so they put each person in the position that they believe they need them, so they're in the position to win. Mordecai is telling Esther that you are in the position that you need to so that we can win. You see how Mordecai looked at the circumstance. He says, I see it as an opportunity for victory. You see it as an opportunity for defeat. For you said, Esther, that if you go before him, you might die. But I'm saying that we are going to die anyway, so that's already the answer. Hello, somebody. We understand how it is that, you know, you need to ask some people some questions, but you don't want to ask them because you're scared of what they're going to say. You already have the no answer already, so why are you scared? You already have the no answer. You're trying to find out, is there a yes? And so you go to that person to find out if there's a yes. If they say no, you can say, thank you, I already knew that, but I just wanted to confirm it. But if you get a yes, you say, thank you. And I'm glad I came to you. Am I right about it? And so you already have a no. We're time to find out. Can I find a yes? Can somebody help me out this morning? Can you go out in your life and find out? Can I find a yes? Because there's some times that God is waiting for you to call on him so he can just say yes. So Esther's in the time that she already has no. She already knows she, she might die. Mordecai let her know we're going to die. And he says somebody else might rise up. But he at he looks at her and says, look here, look here, look here. I want to encourage you because you are not a mistake. You are not hidden here by accident, but maybe God has positioned you here for this time. So once he encourages her, once he encourages her, he changes her perspective, and she starts looking to see the opportunity. So you're right, Mordecai. I, I see victory now. Anybody, can, anybody has somebody come by you before and they change your perspective. And you no longer saw defeat, but you start to see some victory. And and you see how Esther started seeing victory? She says, all right, I see what's going on. I'm going to do what y'all doing. Look, are y'all fasting and praying. Well, I'm going to fast and pray. But yet I need some time. I need three days. I need three days. And now look here, look here. This is not just any kind of fast. This is our fast that we're going to do that. You're going to fast day and day and night. Well, it's pointing out that many times when people fast, they fast during the day, but they ate at night. But she says, nope, nope, we're not going to do that this time. We're going to fast for three days, day and night. And that's what we Are the Jews, us, our people, we're going to. But she says, I won't stop there. Everybody in my court is going to do the same. Which suggest to us that she's sharing her faith uh, with those that are around her to realize that my God is about to do something miraculous. And I want her to be a part of this as I seek his face and look at the resolve. She says, I'm going to do this. Then after that, I will face the king. But if I die, I die. But yet I'm going to try help. Can I help somebody out this morning that some of us are scared to die, but you never even try. But you need to go ahead and try anyway because you're going to die. Death is going to come. Death is going to come. But yet, are we living our life to the fullest before death comes? Because Esther is at the point now to find out that if I do nothing, this will happen. But yet I have an opportunity to do something and change the outcome. Can you see victory in your life? Can you see how Mordecai encouraged her to step up and to realize that she can go before the king and trust that if I perish, I perish, but yet I am trusting in the Lord. She, he realized that, look, what he pointed out to her, that if you remain silent, victory will come to God's people. And it might come from somebody else, but we're going to suffer. Can I help somebody out That Many times in our lives that we pass up things and somebody else got the victory because we passed it up that could have been you to be the one, we talked about it before, that we just didn't step up, so you were a day late, you were a dollar short, and you think that could have been my job, that could have been my house, that could have been this, that could have been that, but you just never filled out the resume, you never filled out the application, you never went knocked on the door, you didn't even take time to be prepared, so when they came by, somebody told you to get this license, you said, that's two months worth to get this license. Now the job came up, your friend got the license, you said, man, that could have been me. you right, it could have been you, but you wasted your time. Now's the time to make it up and say, I'm going to do the work that needs I'm going to finish my education. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to fill out more applications. I'm going to do what needs to be done so I'll be ready when the time comes up. Esther's ready because she's doing what needs to be done. She's praying. And she's fasting. She's preparing and posturing her heart so that she can clearly get insight of God's positioning system. She can see the circumstances all around her, that the edict has been given. And yet she's realizing that how can I make it through? So she had the courage now to step up. Reading uh, from a quote from uh, G.K. Chesterton, he says this, that courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of a readiness to die. Courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of a readiness to die. Do you not see that in Esther? That in her courage to live, she was ready to die. In her courage to live, she was ready to die. Can I help somebody else to turn this around for us Christians to realize that if we want to live, we too need to die? And Jesus lets us know that if you want to keep your life, you will perish. But if you give up your life for my name, say, you shall save it. And so we, too, didn't realize that we must have the courage to die so that we might live. And so she realized that if my, my, my life, my life might perish, but I'm living for the Lord. I'm living for the people. Now she realizes that she cannot do nothing. Can I highlight also, too, that Mordecai understand this, that God will save his people? He pointed out to her that if you don't do it, God will deliver his people, but you could be the one that he can use. We sing, we might sing, we sing the song, uh, uh, some of us might know it, if if you can use anything, Lord, use me. Take my hands, take my feet. But we don't really mean it. Because that might mean he might put you in a position that's uncomfortable for you. And that you don't want to be in. but yet you said, Lord, use me. And Esther says, all right, I'm about to be used. And she realized that it might cost my life, but I'm willing to be used. Mordecai also pointed out to her that if you won't be used, look here, God will find somebody else to be used. So another thing to look at, you could say, hey, nobody can do it without me. You're right. They they, they probably cannot do it without you. But guess what? God can find somebody else to help them get it done. And you be left out. And so we see here that I want you to just grab here that this is God's people that he has loved and he has promised them that they will never be wiped out. He promised them they'll never be wiped out. That's his people. He's made a covenant with them. He's made a covenant with them. And so Mordecai understands that if you don't do anything, that's all right. We will die. That's what's going to happen to us. That's our fate. But yet God will rise somebody else up. Because they are, Mordecai has his faith of believing that there is a Messiah, there's a chosen one that's going to redeem the people. So God's going to have to use us to redeem his people. So whether it's going to be us, it could be us, but if not, it's going to be somebody else. But I do know that God is going to do it. Anybody here understand that God is a deliverer and he's able to deliver and he wants to deliver? And so no matter what we are going through, we can turn it over to God knowing that he can find a way to deliver us. And, and he might do it one way, he might do it another way, but one way I do know that God will make a way somehow. And so when we are in troubled times, when we are in troubles and peril, that we need to position ourselves in a time of prayer. And we need to be like a Mordecai, encourage somebody to look to God for strength so that they will have the strength to face whatever they're going to face. And. In this story, as I said, I don't want to highlight uh, and give us the whole story, but I want you to know that there is a happy ending. And God granted her favor, but look what she went through before she found his favor. She had to go through some tr- trying time. She had to test herself to say, Lord, do I trust you enough to face this king? Because I know my life will die, but yet my people will die. Lord, I'm willing to step up and face the king. Look at Mordecai. Mordecai realized too that my life is in danger. Haman wants to kill me, but yet even they want to kill my people. I'm going to come on out and I'm going to plead and fast and seek after God. Anybody here understand that when you come after God, God is just waiting to bless you. He's waiting to bless you. Jesus says, abide to me and I will uh, Bide in you, and he goes on to say, "Anything you ask in my father's name, he will give you for my name's sake. So what he's pointing out to us, God just wants to bless us. I, I, I just like that, that God just wants to bless us as we do His will. Best way I can demonstrate this is that I, I understood being with my father, my, my father, my, heavenly, my, my not, not talking about my heavenly father, I'm talking about my earthly father. Saturday mornings was a time that I would look forward to spend with my father. My father would get up early on Saturday mornings. And he would get into his little studio and record some of his songs, and I would grade his songs. And say, Dad, I give that song a 10. I give that one a 5. I don't like that. Then after he gets done doing his music, we'll go out to the hardware store because he always has something to do. On the weekends, so i go with them to the hardware store, and I knew if I went with them to the hardware store, i help them find some tools, find some wood, find some nails, whatever it is, that I could ask them for some money. <laughs> and I was, just, I was doing all the work. I was waiting for my blessing. My blessing was I could buy me some candy. As we checked out the store, and I give my candy, I'm eating on my candy, I'm good to go, and then we go back home, we might do a little bit of work, and then he takes me all to my athletic things I did on the at Saturday. But my Holly was not doing the work with my father, my Holly was getting that blessing. And that blessing might have been a quarter gumball that came out the machine, but sure enough, that's what I was waiting for. Can not help somebody out that All that happened just because I decided to spend some time with my daddy and have somebody else that you need to spend some time with your daddy. That you always going to have victory when you're on your knees. When you spend some prayer time and posture yourself in prayer, you're in the right position that God can position you to get some blessings. And the blessings do not come from you doing what you want to do. If I stayed in my bed and was lazy, did not get up to spend time with my dad, he would have gone on and did what he had to do. And it might have been somebody, it might have been my brother or my sister, that might have came back home with some candy in the hand. But I'm so glad it was me. Anybody here has been there before, that it was you? That God blessed, that you saw that that doing his work was not in vain, it was not a waste of time, but you got the blessing you were looking for, so enough God gave it to you, and you were so enough satisfied. And so we see Esther position herself to come to God. She positioned herself to receive the blessing. In in accordance to his will, his will was to defend his people. Now she positioned herself to be the hero. She positioned herself to be the one to make the difference. And God is looking at us and realizing that he wants to bless us. But are we able to position ourselves in the posture so that he can use us as he used Esther? And as he used Esther, she did not do it without prayer and without fasting. He seeked after God. Can I highlight somebody today that as we look at this text of Esther, we, we see we see her actions. Do you not see her actions? See, see if you can agree with me. That she sought after the Lord for the sake of the people. And she put her life in danger for the sake of the people. Does any of that sound familiar? No greater love than this. than as man to lay his life down for another. You know who they're talking about? They're talking about, y'all can help me preach. I'm almost done. And, and Jesus said this to a disciples: no greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. And Esther was willing to die for the sake of the people. Anybody here know that Jesus was willing to die for the sake of the people? And even before he faced it, Jesus was in time of prayer, he prayed for the people. We know he prayed, Lord, uh, uh, let this cup pass on, but not my will be done, but thy will be done. But also, do you understand that he also prayed, Lord, I pray that they be one as you and I are one that they will know that they are your children and that your power will be with them do you understand even before he prayed that prayer he left instructions to the disciples to let them know I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send the comforter so he said I must go so that the comforter may come am I helping somebody out to understand that you're not alone you're not by yourself in times of perils in time of troubles in times of tribulation you can Posture yourself in the position of prayer, and God, so enough, can give you the exact direction He wants you to be. I know everything in life is not perfect, but thank God you don't look like what you went through. Am I talking to somebody here? Some of you say, I haven't gone through anything. Well, that's all right, you're about to. Because some of us right now are in the middle of it, some of us have gone through it, and some of us is on the way into it. But either way, you will get ready to face something that's about to face in your life. But one thing we all can have in common, that the God that was with us before so enough can be the God with us in and the God with us out. Can I show like somebody, some Bible scholars? If you do not know that the word God is not mentioned in this book of us, but you sure enough see the evidence of it. Can I help somebody out? There might be somebody in here who may not have ever spoke of God, know of God, said anything to God, but shown sure enough the evidence of God in your life, because that's why you're here today. It could have been you buried in the grave, it could be you that died in a tornado, it could have been you that flooded up, that got flooded out. But shown sure enough, you're here today as an opportunity to find out that your life is worth living, that He died to set you free. That it was not for just a mistake, but what it was for a time such as this. And who knows? It might be your time to see what God can do in your life. It might be your time to make a difference in somebody else's life. It might be your time. To encourage somebody else to step up on the behalf of somebody else, but yet realize that you could be the encourager or you can be the one with the courage, but we both need to step up. And let God receive the glory. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, let's turn to him. Lord, we come to you right now, our oh God just grateful that you look past our faults, you look past our weaknesses, and you see our needs. We see how we need you to forgive us. We need you to love us. And we need you to be our strength and our all and all. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as the Lord and the Savior. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart and accept that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Lord, we ask you to minister to their hearts and give them peace right now. To know all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, Lord, we pray that we who who know you, God, that we will not miss opportunities in our lives to receive your blessing by you using us and positioning us for times of, of, of power to see your power move in our lives. To be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, we thank you, God, that you did not make us for ourselves, but you made us for your glory. And for your honor. Father, move in this place, minister to our hearts right now. In Jesus' wonderful name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. May we stand and extend the hand of the disciples.